Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, I'm Sophie Ellis-Bexter, and welcome to Spinning Plates, the podcast where I speak to busy working women who also happen to be mothers about how they make it work. I'm a singer, and I've released seven albums in between having my five sons aged 16 months to 16 years, so I spin a few plates myself. Being a mother can be the most amazing thing, but can also be hard to find time for yourself and your own ambitions. I want to be a bit nosy and see how other people balance everything. Welcome to Spinning Plates. Oh my goodness, hello you. Have you missed me? I've missed you. Um, I've really missed you actually. I've missed doing my podcast. It's been um, a really busy summer. But um, yeah, I'm kind of feeling quite ready to get back to it all now. I've got that sort of back to school feeling. But unlike when I was a child, it's a kind of nice feeling because it's my children going back to school and not me. <laughs> And um, they've, uh, we've had a really lovely summer together, but it's just time. You know when your days are getting a bit woolly and you're trying to work and then you're thinking, just need a little bit more routine back in, in the house? Because every time I come up for air with whatever projects I'm on, they're all looking to me to have sort of facilitate fun times. And it turns out that right at the beginning of the holidays, I obviously said, yes, yes, at some point we all do, you know, X many activities. And then I didn't remember to do any of them so now I've got a week left and it's like right you promised me you're going to the arcade you promised me you're doing this and that so I've got to sort all that um but yeah you're right there Richard I'm just doing my podcast introduction I don't think you've ever been here when I do this <laughs> I'm having a beer <laughs> that's Richard having a beer um so yes I've already recorded See, now the background noises are going to annoy you and they're you making them. That's all right. <laughs> um, I'm just cooking supper while I'm talking to you. It's, what day of the week is it? It's Tuesday and the week before. 
goes live, so this is coming out Monday. Exciting. Um, I've already recorded a ton of the podcast interviews as well, which is nice. So I already know for certain that there are some lovely conversations coming your way. And today I'm starting with a really... one that's close to home, quite literally. And that it's somebody who has created a lot of interiors that I like so much I put them in my home. Because it's Frida Gormley who set up House of Hackney. So House of Hackney is responsible for these really beautiful interior design things like wallpaper and fabric and furniture and accessories. And it's, you know, listen, it's quite premium, but it's really beautiful. So what I did is I just put it in specific places in the house. So I've got some of their wallpaper in my kitchen on one wall. I've got some fabric in on one of my so little little sofa upstairs. I've got wallpaper in a little bit of the bedroom. Um, I've got wallpaper in one wall in the sitting room. And I've also, I think my favourite thing is the carpet that I put on the stairs just going up the, to the first landing. So they're basically what you see when you come in the house. And it's completely gorgeous carpet, really beautifully patterned. So it's flowers and it's all kind of... Sort of nice and botanical and it's all William Morris inspired and it's just gorgeous so I think for me you know I spend so much time at home and I also get real pleasure from looking around the house and seeing things I like and seeing colours I like so for me like putting these really choice things sort of in and around the house has brought me so much pleasure and it was really lovely to talk to Frida because as you know I get pretty excited when I speak to people who have set up their own business but also the path to House of Hackney becoming what it is now really had to put um, Frida and her partner, like they had to put everything on the line for it. It was a complete leap of faith with what they were doing and raising their first baby while they were in the process of setting up the business and really having to sacrifice all extra stuff, you know, including sort of any, any luxuries. It was all pretty, pretty basic living for the whole year when they were setting up the company, just because that's what you have to do sometimes to see if you can bring it to fruition. So she's nice and open about all that stuff. And what else has been going on? I'm trying to think before going to the conversation. I've been doing loads of festivals, which has been brilliant. And thanks to this incredibly hot summer, it's been a very unusual summer for me in that every festival has been blue skies and sunshine. We haven't done a single gig in the rain. And that means everybody's been in a good mood. So we've done some really beautiful locations. I've got lots of like, I've got like a little roller deck of memories in my head of different crowds in different locations, all kind of getting behind the gigs, which has been just glorious. And I always love what I do, but this summer in particular, because everything has been quite so special and the crowds have been really phenomenal. I've done my absolute best to really commit it all to memory, just sort of drink it in a little bit. Because, you know, I've been doing what I do for a long time now. I'm 43 years old. I started singing at 16, did my first festivals at 18. So, you know, 25 years on to still be doing it and having such a nice time with it. It's not lost on me that that's quite special. So that's been cool. And I don't think I've really done much else, it feels like. It's just been singing all over the place. Did manage to have a little family holiday right at the beginning of the summer holidays. And then since then, I've been entertaining the kids by bringing them with me on the tour bus. They are not interested in my gig in the slightest. But the tour bus, they do like. They like the bunks. They like the staying up late. They like getting the snacks out of my dressing room rider. They like hooking up their switch 
to the telly and the tour bus and playing Switch with their mates. And that is basically what they've been doing. So last weekend I did that with my 13-year-old and his friend and 10-year-old and they had a blast. That was actually really cute. And yeah, got a few more festivals left and then on to the next bit. But I hope you're feeling the same as me. You're kind of ready for the autumn now. It's been gorgeous, but I'm sort of feeling like, yeah, let's get on to the next chapter. Oh, actually, I did something a little bit embarrassing today. I don't know if I should tell you this, but uh, Jesse wanted to dress up as Cyclops, I think it was, and he needed some yellow ribbons. We went on the hunt for yellow ribbon, which led us to Paper Chase, who really bizarrely had Christmas decorations out, and I was like, that's ridiculous. And then I bought a bauble wreath. So I don't know what came over me. It's August, and I just bought Christmas decoration today. And I think I'm saying, like, just judge me, because that is wrong. Um, oh, I know what else we did. Rich and I brought out a cookbook. That's nice. It's called Love Food Family, and it's loads of family recipes. And in fact, tonight for supper, I couldn't think what to make, and I had a flick through, and I'm doing our uh, chicken couscous, like a sort of Moroccan-style one. Tasty. And on that note, I'll let the um, conversation with Frida and I take over, and thank you so much for coming to find me again. It's really nice to have you near once more. Uh, well, good morning, Frida. Really lovely to have you over. And first of all, what is it like to come into a house that has quite so much of your work on the walls? Because we're in another room. You've been in two rooms now with um, House of Hackney wallpaper in it. Uh, good morning, Sophie. Thank you so much for, for having me around to your beautiful home. Um, and I'm, yeah, I'm thrilled to be here. And I absolutely love your your inter- interpretation of of House of Hackney in your home. That's so it sweet. I like that, wonderful. the interpretation. What about my three-year-old's interpretation? Because I, when you came, I was like, am I going to show you the bit where Mickey's drawn around some of the flowers and the wallpaper in the kitchen? <laughs> you seem to take it in your stride. No, definitely. I, def- you know, I, I think you've got a, a budding artist there, so it's all about creative expression. That's, that's what we stand for. So, yeah, yeah. I encourage it. <laughs> Sorry to say. Well, you say that, but are your, how are your children in your home in terms of their... If they drew on things, what happens in your house, or is it quite chilled? Well, I think we're probably past that stage now of yeah, of, of drawing on the walls. <laughs> we we definitely had it uh, when they were when they were little, but um, you know we we really believe in that homes are to be lived in. You know, there's no such thing as a good room in our house. Um, you know, it's um, yeah, they're to be lived in, to be enjoyed. Um, and you know everything we kind of we make it it's you know we we talk about the product as being kind of beautiful and useful inspired by you know that was that was William Morris's mantra um, so some um, have nothing in your home you do not believe to be useful or know to be beautiful Is exactly right? exactly so it's got to have purpose it's got to be you know be practical but you know the aesthetic is you know yeah you want to be inspired by it as well yeah um, so and have you always been like that? Have you always been someone that looks around and sort of, sort of aesthetic, just sort of sinking in like everything that you can see? Yeah, I think I've always had very sort of strong like spatial awareness. Um, I used to, as a child, <laughs> don't know if I should be admitting this, but um, you know, I'd, I'd be invited on a play date to a friend's house, and you'd be playing in their bedroom, and I'd be like, "Let's rearrange your entire room." <laughs> 
and, I love that so and, much. Yeah, and parents would love me because I would tidy it with the, you know, but it would always be from a creative point of view. Um, I was always, you know, changing up my own bedroom, moving things around, kind of, you know, drawing kind of what I'd love my bedroom to be and, you know, clouds on the ceiling and sort of showing my parents and, you know, didn't didn't get very far with it, but was always sort of, yeah, playful with 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 an interior space. I love um, the idea of you going around on play dates and moving furniture. How it, how into, was it literally like, have you ever thought of having your bed on that side of the room? Yeah, I mean, I don't think, I didn't even know what an interior, an interior designer was or anything. This was just probably, you know, very sort of, very innocent. But, yeah. you know, let's let's make your room beautiful, you know. So, um, yeah, that that's always been, been quite important. I think beauty and uh, harmony and obviously, you know, creativity in a space. So, yeah, you know, it's it's always, a, and I've never studied interiors or anything, but it's just something that um, is, yeah, I'm quite quite in, in tune with and, and enjoy. But, so if you yeah. never studied interiors, how did you end up making an interiors company? <laughs> Good question. <laughs> um, I mean, as I said, sort of, you know, from an early age, I was sort of, you know, if I sort of look back at, you know, sort of how I was, and I think you can you can really see these sort of, you know, you can see early on a child's sort of gifts and talents and sort of interests. You know, it just it it comes out. You know, quite I can see it in in my own kids what you know their natural inclinations are. Mm. Um, so yeah, was as I said, sort of very interested in sort of setting up spaces and making them sort of beautiful and and at the same time um I was you know always sort of running little sort of fun businesses with my friends on my street um never for money always just for sort of creativity and fun and you know we'd we took over my parents garage and we'd sort of you know make things and then set up a stall outside my parents front gate and sell them and you know give the money to charity was never ever financially motivated always by kind of by heart and by spirit but always sort of was organizing people and you know and sort of went from that to you know uh, just always sort of yeah setting up little companies I set up a little music festival in Dublin which is where I'm from yeah always sort of the need to be creative and or yeah you know, kind of harness people and yeah, get them all focused absolutely. on something and bring them together. Totally. So I've always sort of had that, you know, that sort of that track record. Um, and then when I was in my 20s um, in Dublin, I bought um, an ex-council house. And I suppose that was my first sort of interiors project. Um, and I was on an absolute like shoestring budget Um and I would, you know, come home from work. So I actually went down a route. I studied law at um, a university. Um, I'm from a, a family of uh, solicitors and lawyers. And I, yeah, kind of went down that route, even though my dad was like, you know, you're a creative. <laughs> I don't think it's for you. But I loved English and history in school and saw my family, you know, really loved their jobs. And I was motivated by, by that, really. Mm. Um, so... Went down, um, so st- studied law at Trinity in Dublin and where I had, yeah, an amazing sort of student experience, but my heart wasn't in what I was studying. Um, and uh, it was just by chance that a friend was on a fashion bio trainee programme 
uh, for a company called Dunn Stores, which is like Ireland's equivalent to like John Lewis. And, uh, you know, I'd, and I had actually had this little part-time job in a vintage shop in Dublin where I'd started buying stock um, for the owners. And, uh, but I, I didn't actually even know that there was a, you know, there was a career as a, as a buyer or a fashion buyer. It just wasn't sort of yeah. in my sort of, it, this was, it was sort of, yeah, you know, stylists, fashion buyers. It was kind of, this was just sort of, there were kind of new careers that were coming through, but it, they weren't really on my radar. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I loved the sort of the thrill of, you know, buying stock, it's selling well, doing the window, dressing this vintage shop. Um, and, you know, by chance, a friend was doing doing this bio trainee program. And it was, you know, this mix between, um, between I suppose, creating creating a product and also the, I suppose, the commercial side to it as well, the business side to it. Mm -hmm. um, and I just, yeah, went for this program, got onto it. And yeah, it just, it, it really sort of that, that sort of that mixture between the creativity mixed with, with, I suppose, yeah, you know, the business, business side. Business analysis as well, yeah. Really, really spoke to me yeah. and kind of, yeah, sort of landed, you know, landed there and, and was sort of, you know, creating product, um, mostly fashion product, you know, finding a supply base, learning the whole sort of number side of it. Um, it was sort of, <clears throat> that really was my, my university education. Yeah. Um, it was obviously, um, you know, product that I wasn't particularly interested in. It spoke to me, but it was it was a great sort of foundation. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, you know, I was very early on traveling around the world, you know, visiting factories and and sort of learning, you know, yeah, learning the ropes, basically. Um, I used to go to London quite a bit. I had a boyfriend in a, in a band and uh, we'd come to London and go to gigs or he'd, you know, he'd be playing and sort of fell in love with London um, and fell in love with, you know, I remember the first time I walked into Topshop flagship Oxford Street oh, and yes. it, you know, it was, uh, it was the time of Topshop and it yeah, really... it used to be my mecca for definite. Blew my, <laughs> blew my mind. Um, and, uh, you know, so it, a, a few years, you know, in, I, I was sort of, you know, felt okay, this is what I want to, this is, you know, this is what I want to do. But I had my sights just firmly set on on London um, and uh, had sort of, you know, Dublin was a brilliant place to grow up in. And, uh, you know, you kind of, in terms of the scene there, you kind of have a front row, you know, sort of seat on the music scene there. And it was, it, it was, it was a brilliant kind of, you know, education in itself, but it, you, you know, you get to a stage where you kind of outgrow it, mm. and there was there wasn't I couldn't kind of get further in my in my fashion buying career, so I ended up getting um, a job on the Topshop buying team, which was uh, at the time an absolute dream come true. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> I'd also broken up with my boyfriend and uh, needed sort of to you know we did the same friendship group, and I was like I've just got to go and do do my thing, so. Moved to London with a small little a small suitcase, um, and uh, yeah, lived off Brick Lane. That was was where I, where I landed first, and just yeah, you know, quite quickly fell head over heels in love with London. Um, you know, I I joined Topshop at a really important time for the brand. So, so is this sort of early noughties kind of time? Is that what exactly, talking? exactly. So uh, Jane Shepherdson um, was at the helm 
Um, and, you know, I'd, I'd come from uh, working for Dunn's. It was very old school, very hierarchical. Mm. And then I landed at Topshop and it was um, actually sort of, you know, incredible people at every level. Um, it was, you know, filled with like female talent, basically. Um, and I think Jane really showed, I mean, she was, you know, she was so visionary and pioneering um, in terms of, you know, how how you could sort of run a corporation positively. Um, so this I is the lady of, that kind of came into Topshop and sort of basically turned it around and made it yeah, what it well, was in that, in that era. Yeah, absolutely. So she, you know, she was really hot on sustainability before it was a, a theme and, you know, fair trade, using organic... Um, organic fabrics, um, you know, ensuring all the factories were certified. Um, she was also very much about, um, you know, she, she kind of created the first high street collaboration. So, you know, working with Christopher Kane and, you know, it was, it, it was sort of, it, it made high fashion democratic. Yeah, um, and that's very forward thinking because now we're really used to the fact that that's what happens, but that no, very much wasn't the case then. Absolutely. And I think, so she was, you know, so I kind of really was so inspired by by her and her vision and how she treated everyone. And, um, and I was sort of, you know, really able to see how a successful brand could operate with, you know, um, a, you know, strong values and the links with, I suppose, the different functions of marketing and PR and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, she left a few years in and, and things changed and, you know, it obviously sig- signaled the, de- the decline of, of, of Topshop. Um, and I had by then met my future husband, Javi, and we had had our first child. Um, we'd bought our first home together and I think when you when you have children um there's a there's a there's a change in you know in oneself certainly had a real sort of my consciousness rose and I was very much sort of you know deeply considering okay yes you know so what I was doing the ethics of sort of the disposability of the high street um, and, you know, we're still very much, you know, interiors were so sort of firmly still in, in, in my heart. Um, I actually did a proposal to do an interiors brand for Topshop, which was declined. And that, and I sort of had all these ideas and, and that actually sort of almost, it was, you know, they talk about, you know, there's luck and disappointment. And I think that decline actually made me, made me consider, well, maybe I just need to do this myself mm. or with, you know, yeah. obviously with, with Javi. So, um, so yeah, that, uh, and, you know, very much sort of, we, we had just bought our first home and, you know, we'd lived through sort of a decade of white walls, um, minimalist living, you know, Danish leather sofas um, and the world in the late 2000s was quite an austere one economically politically and we were all sort of living in these very sort of white boxes which felt like almost like dental surgeries and we you know we'd both grown up in the 80s sort of surrounded by you know William Morris, Laura Ashley, Colfax and Fowler 
And I think there was, you know, there was a sense of wanting to sort of almost go back to that feeling of nostalgia, that sort of safe place, um, there, uh, uh, you know, and, and wanting to bring, you know, to make our home sort of happier <laughs> because the outside world was so bleak um, and bring, you know, colour, texture into it. Um, it was sort of in, in, in terms of the interiors world, there was sort of, you know, Ikea, the high street sort of, you know, disposable interiors brands at one end. Um, and then at the other end, you know, in terms of being able to buy nice wallpaper or fabric, you had sort of your Chelsea Harbour, which, you know, ultimately had the same range as, you know, that they'd always had and kind of very much just spoke to an older age group. Mm. And we just, we couldn't find what we were looking to decorate with. Um, and so, yeah, very, very bravely um, decided to sort of create our own. Yeah. Um, Javi had come from, so I suppose I, I'd come from, you know, a fashion buying sort of in, you know, knowing how, a, we had, I'd learned how, how a brand operates. Mm, yeah. um, Javi had come from a, he studied fashion at university and then he'd, he'd moved into product design. Um, he's super technical. Um, he, you know, built our first website, did the first, you know, did, did the branding for the brand. So between us both, we kind of pulled our skill sets um, and which was a very complimentary one. And it's all with having a very small baby. Yeah, just... yeah, yeah, yeah. He was only one, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So there's um, quite a lot of things going on simultaneously. Yeah, I mean, they were absolutely the the baby stage of our life. So it was yeah. like the baby stage of the brand, baby stage of the kids. Um, and it was very, you know, they, they were the, the early years of, I think people think that like, you know, House of Hackney was a, was a was a success from the start, but those, you know, we launched with such a different um, sort of interiors proposition, you know, and it sort of it was so kind of alien, yeah. and you know, it was obviously quite a brave one, um, and you know, and we also kind of came from nowhere. It was like, well, you know, what is this brand? Who are these people? Um, and, you know, and we very much, you know, for us, it was so the, you know, the in, the world of interiors was also very much based on using interior designers, the, the high end world of it. Yeah. And we very much, you know, we are, we're about democratic design. That's very important to us. And we wanted to be able to empower the customer to be able to, um, you know, create the, the interiors that, that they want without there being kind of any, you know, any stuffy rules. Yeah. Um, and, you know, because it's, it's obviously everyone has different tastes. It should always be kind of from the heart. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so the direct to consumer piece for yeah. us was, was quite important because you couldn't, you know, you couldn't actually buy that. You'd have to go through an interior designer and, you know, yeah. you, couldn't, you couldn't buy wallpaper just you know, on a website and, well, you so know. it's a big change actually, isn't it? In all directions for how yeah. we view interiors it now. Really, and, it, yeah. And people, I suppose yeah. I'm thinking as well that it's sometimes when people have just had a baby, they can find it quite hard to sort of remember what the stuff is that they like and put their personality out. But actually mm. what you would, what you've done with your stuff is so bold and playful. And I was thinking about it when I was, you know, 
looking over all the pictures and there's such confidence behind it. And do you, do you remember feeling like that from, from the beginning of the business and from, you know, that new motherhood or was that mm. something that's kind of grown? Yeah, I mean, I think, um, I, I think we, were, we were confident, I suppose, as people who have, I suppose that, you know, we've, we've always had our fingers on the pulse of sort of what's coming through. We can kind of feel a mood coming through. So we, we were confident in what we were feeling aesthetically. Mm. Um, however, it was so like in our, you know, it, it, we, we were also quite nervous about launching it because it was, you know, it, it, it was so, sort of so new. Um, and, you know, where people going to like it? Was this just in our own minds? Um, and, you know, so we, we actually... And, you know, beyond the aesthetic, it was very important that the product was going to be, you know, well-made. We, we are, you know, we're very inspired by a, a traditional British aesthetic, but which we kind of juxtapose and, you know, play with. So for us, it was really important that, you know, it, being inspired by this aesthetic, that it would also be made in the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, that it wasn't an aesthetic that we were going to send to China and, and you know, copy this and... You know, we, we were very inspired, very, you know, the, the foundations of the brand. So, you know, made in England, um, you know, supporting UK industry, um, you know, product that was going to be so well made that it, it would last for a long time, that it wouldn't be disposable. All of this was, you know, very important to us as people. Um, so we didn't have, obviously, I'd come from the high street um, and we didn't have, you know, neither of us had, had worked in, in interiors, which in a way, looking back, was great because we didn't know what the rules yeah, were. Yeah, sometimes that's quite, yeah. quite, quite an advantage in a weird way, it, isn't it? Yeah, because we could sort of put it together in just what we felt was sort of a common sense approach and what we would like as a customer. Um, but we didn't know, you know, we had these designs and it was like, well, we've got to get these made. So we spent, you know, we, we, we spent a good six months in, in a van, like traveling around the UK, like knocking on doors, trying to find manufacturers to make, you know, make, make the product, um, which was in itself uh, very much sort of a personal journey. It was a geographical journey. But yeah. what, what was so nice that was that, you know, we, there, there, you know, we discovered that there are pockets, there are traditional pockets of the UK where you know, which are synonymous with, um, you know, a type of, a type of industry. So Stoke-on-Trent, you know, China, um, you know, fabric, Lancashire, um, you know, furniture making in Nottingham. And we found all these sort of very much generational factories that um, were, you know, where the trade was handed down Mm. from father to son and they were still in existence, and you know we were, we were able to set up this little sort of you know portfolio of factories with which each would take a category. And to this day, ten ten years on, it's still the same, the the same, and we've we've both grown together. So, you know, it's that for us, and actually, because actually those factories are, they they are our extended family. They are so. Yeah such an important part of what we do yeah you've made um, it really integral that it's like yeah. a sort of heritage brand I mean it's, I was thinking about when you were saying about 
your own childhood and both of you being surrounded by all those things, those names, you know, from my childhood too, I'm a child yeah. 80s as well, 79, strictly speaking, but yeah. And, um, you know, Laura Ashley and all those things. And I was wondering how significant it was that, because when you have a baby, sometimes you start thinking about your own childhood and the bits of it mm. that you want to replicate. Yeah. And sometimes it's quite a conscious thing and sometimes it's much more subliminal. Mm. So I wondered how significant it was that you were setting up that family home while you're creating all yeah. of the stuff. I mean, it probably subconsciously, I think that was, you know, very much, yeah, wanting to kind of cocoon them yeah. in, you know, in, I mean, I, you know, I'm sure you have the same childhood memory of like falling asleep and looking at the wallpaper and, you know, kind of drifting into sleep and almost the wallpaper drifts into your dreams. Um, you know, so, yeah, I think, you know, very much, yeah, yeah, you're right, actually, that whole thing of being... Well, every, all the details as well are so... They're so sort of significant, because when you're small, everything's coming in at the same mm. level, so you don't really... You're not filtering it through in the same way we would, so you're kind of taking on board everything. There's a story behind everything, you know, like... You know, you might stare at the wallpaper, as you say, and then find yourself drifting off into a little daydream about the adventure you'd have in it. But when you're... Absolutely. You, you lose that, don't you, as you get older... Yeah. Unless you make it again part of your yeah, world, I suppose. Yeah. But I think having children, you, you are taken back to to your childhood and those sort of sentiments, you know. So, um, but I think you know we're you know fast forward ten years, and I'm so pleased that you know in color is back in the interior, that you know that there's a more of an importance placed on the home. Um, I think that was one of the the you know, the upsides of of the pandemic was, um, you know, prior to that, it was almost a place to sort of sleep and, you know, run out the door to work and come back. Um, and I think, you know, we all need, we all need roots. We all need a happy place, a sanctuary that, you know, I mean, we, we are back in a place where the world out there is harsh again. Yeah. So, you know, so, yeah, to be able to, to, to create um, a safe and happy um, sort of other world, you know, in our homes for ourselves and and for our children, you know, that that's really important. Yeah, and I think as well, you mentioned before the idea of it being playful. That's really important yeah. too, as for, for grown-ups too. So you feel that you can express yourself and try things out and it doesn't matter if you've done something and you think, actually, that colour's a bit much or whatever, yeah. but... Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. 
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I think, um, I think though that not everybody... Uh, it's sort of um, lucky enough to know how to articulate what their personality is on walls. Mm. Some people have really struggled with it. When you when you were small, did your home have lots of personality in it? Your childhood home? Um, yes, I, su- I suppose it did. I mean, um, it was... Um, so I'm one of... I'm from a family of four. Okay. Um, and... Uh, it's quite a busy home. Uh, yeah, no, just myself and my sister. Oh, I so see. Just you as a your parents in that. Yeah, oh, no. I see. So my, my mum <laughs> actually, uh, my mum had come from a, a family of 13. So. Oh, wow. And she's like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> yeah, so it was, and I think she came from a... 13. Yeah, so Where's she in the running order? Third. Third, um, So okay. she very much sort of... Wow raised the younger ones yeah I bet um and it was a it was a very happy household but one of extreme chaos um and uh I mean they'd still you know they'd they would cook you know she'd she'd tell me about the amount of potatoes that they'd peel every day (laughs) (laughs) but it was many hands I think make make light work um Um, is that the side of the family with your is it your grandma Peg yes yeah, because uh, I heard that she was quite a big influence as well. She really was. Yeah, that, that's that's so nice to say. Um, uh, yeah. So her. So she, yeah, it was very much you know kind of a. She was the the, the matriarch, um, and uh, so yes, her. She. I mean, she was a real, you know, aesthete in herself anyhow, and she was on first name terms with all the antique dealers in in Dublin um, and really appreciated, you know, it was obviously a big family. um, uh, So there wasn't, you know, a huge amount to go around, but uh, she, you know, she, there was, there was eight girls um, and uh, three boys and she'd make all the girls, you know, their clothes for going out like discos and everything. And uh, there'd always be like the nicest china and collections of beautiful glasses and, Lots of like, she loved leopard print, which she called oscillate. 
um, lots of velvet. So it was. Oh wow! That's, this is I can see a lot of these things. Yes, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So, um, but yeah, so 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 my my mum kind of came from that, and then I think sort of rebelled against it. Yeah, had um, it right back. Only had two children, uh, and she, my mum was a housewife, and she just, I mean, she was like house manager, and you know, um, was very very lucky to sort of. Yeah, have sort of she she made sure the home <laughs> functioned really well. <laughs> so um, yeah, so there's less to manage, I think, as well. If you've yeah, got <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely less potatoes to peel. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, d- very different aesthetic to to her childhood home. Um, you know, a lot sort of brighter. But I think the Irish are have always been quite playful with colour. Um, perhaps it's in contrast to the weather. Um, but, you know, the, it, yeah, always sort of quite bold in their paint colours um, and lots of sort of red walls and green walls. And so, yeah, I think that's probably in in there too. Yeah. Yeah, no, that, that's, those things are so significant, all those textures and all the sort of snapshots you almost have in your head of all the things you saw growing up and, yeah. and the things you want to replicate. And then you've recently... It's funny because before we started recording, you were saying about your move to Cornwall. So you moved to Cornwall yes. three years ago, yes. which is a big move. Yeah. You said it kind of was a slightly unexpected chapter. Mm. But when I was looking up some of your interviews, I found one from 2017, I think it was, where you were saying much you love Cornwall and how it's like your favourite place in the world and, you know, the mixture of sort of tropical and, the, yes. you know, the climate there and everything. So, yeah. so do you think that you were always had your eye on it a little bit for moving there? Yeah, I mean, I think... I think I've learned you've got to be very careful what you wish for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true, I think. Um, yes, I mean, I think from, you know, so we used to, in the early years of the business, I mean, we've sort of been through different stages from those sort of the, 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 the baby stage to, um, you know, the children being kind of at, at school and... Um, you know, and we were still incubating, we were still making, you know, giving life to the business, you know, um, and we lived, we lived on London Fields. So we had, you know, our house there, our, the kids school. This was the original house of Hackney. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. We, you know, the children's school was, you know, two minutes away, work was here. So everything was um, so close together, really convenient. And, you know, neither of us have family close by. Uh, mine are in Ireland and uh, Javi's are in Somerset. So we've always sort of, you know, needed to, yeah, have in, in those early years, the convenience was really important. Mm. Um, and so we used to, in the summer, um, you know, we used to go to Cornwall for two weeks every summer and recharge in in nature. Um, we would go every year to a festival called Port Elliot. And uh, we I've never built... actually been to that, but I've heard it's really lovely. Oh, yeah, you would have loved it. Um, it's a it's a real you know festival of 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 ideas and creativity and very family orientated. And um, so we'd we'd always build a little two week holiday around it. We'd go camping, um, and the festival was set in South East Cornwall, which is uh, a place where most people sort of drive past. Uh, it's on its its own sort of undiscovered peninsula but we yeah Port Elliot sort of brought us to this to this place and 
we 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 fell like in love with it and we'd always go you know go for our whole day and we'd we'd arrive sort of really you know burnt out um and you know and we two weeks later we'd, we'd we would just be going back to london like rebooted and full of like new ideas and um so it was a very inspiring place for us um so four years ago it was uh, so an, another thing that we lo- loved doing when we went to cornwall was uh, to visit the cornish gardens so cornwall has its own microclimate um and so you know sort of you know tropical vegetation can live really happily beside its hydrangeas and uh, obviously as a brand we're very inspired by nature um and uh, you know mother nature is our design muse so we 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 loved visiting the Cornish Gardens. It is a very beautiful place, Cornwall. It, it, it is, is, yeah, it really is. So four years ago, we were uh, packed, like, we had the car packed up um, and we were about to drive back to, to London um, after our two weeks. And um, we were on the A38 and I saw a sign saying Tremerton Castle Gardens. Um, and I said to my husband, I said, Javi, stop the car. <laughs> We haven't been here. I've heard about it. Uh, please, can we can can we check it out um, <coughs> before we you know we, we we had a little bit of like post holiday blues, um, and the kids were like you know chorus of no more gardens, mom, <laughs> no. <laughs> anyway, managed to convince them, and we we so yeah the, the 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 gardens were open to the public during the summer months. So we we parked up. Um, and uh, we didn't have the, it was like cash only and we didn't have any cash, but the, the people running it were like, come in, have have a wander. Um, so we spent a nice morning just, you know, visiting visiting its its beautiful gardens, which at the time uh, were, you know, famously gardened by the Bannermans, who um, they're, they're, they're quite renowned landscape gardeners. And they'd planted it in a beautiful sort of pre-Raphaelite way. So it was like, you know, medieval with all these sort of, um, yeah, you know, beautiful, wild, romantic flowers. Um, and Tremerton is a place where there's all these sort of different worlds within a world. So it has castle walls, but then there's a medieval part and there's an Indian part and there's, you know, woodlands. Um, but when you visited the gardens, you didn't actually go near the house. Um, so we, yeah, had a blissful morning and, you know, got back in the car, drove back to London and... Very strangely and coincidentally, um, a few days later, I got a call from a friend. It was um, uh, on. It was like a Tuesday evening. Javi was out and got a yeah got a got a call out of the blue by this person who 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 know who knew our love for Cornwall and said, you know, how's it going? Um, and uh, you know. I just have this interesting proposition for you. I had lunch with my friends on Saturday um, and it was all quite vague. And he was like, you know, they they have this beautiful place in Cornwall and they are looking to move on from it. It's getting a bit much for them. I thought of you guys. Um, and I was like, well, Andrew, we're just back from Cornwall. Um, you know, well, where and, you know, where are you talking about? <laughs> and he's like, it's called Tremonton Castle. Wow. Um, so I literally had you know, sort of electricity, a bolt of electricity went down my back. And I was like, he was like, have you, have you heard of it? And I was like, that's so strange. We've literally just visited it. 
Um, That's so, crazy. Yeah, it really was. And and he was like, well, what did you think of it? And I said, like, well, it was such a magical place. You know, we obviously didn't go near near the house, um, but we 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 loved it. So he was like, well, look, you know, this was lunchtime talk. So very strangely, he and his friends, who were the, the past owners, were having lunch in the house while we were at the same time that we were we were going around the garden. So, oh, wow. Yeah, so it felt sort of quite, you know... Serendipitous. Serendipitous is the first time in my life that it, it you know, all of these coincidences, mm. you know. And I've I always had this little sort of antique map of Cornwall by my desk in London and definitely you know and actually when I looked at it sort of after this call um when I went went back into the office and I could see Tremerton just sort of jumping out at me yeah um and you know it had always sort of been yes you know we work really hard that someday we can really you know go to our happy place yeah 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 as much as we love Hackney and you know, love it to this day um you know, the need for us to actually be in nature was becoming sort of more, you know, it's almost like a visceral need. Okay. Um, so, um, so anyhow, long story short, I mean, we 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 agreed. You know, <laughs> it we we agreed it without even seeing the house. <laughs> wow. To be fair, there was a lot of pressure from the fates here, weren't there? It's yeah, like, there was. I'm not saying you have to buy it, but that place you just happened to fall no, upon, you were absolutely. there, and your friends are saying you can have it. Like, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Not even sure. I haven't even seen it, but okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it kind of felt like there's a calling here, yeah. which um, and a calling of the adventure and. You know, if if we looked at sort of obviously it was a very unexpected twist in our journey, but you know, looking at sort of where we were in our lives, yeah, our kids were. You know, our, our son was in year five, um, so they. You know, if we were going to move, it was the right time to make yeah. a move. Yeah, um, the business was sort of you know standing up by itself. We had a really good you know management team in there as well yeah. that we we felt yes you know we could we could make it work. It's quite a big um, jump though, isn't it, to suddenly up sticks and... Yeah, it really was. And you know what? We didn't even know if we were doing the right thing. Um, I mean, the children desperately did not want to leave their, their London lives. Um, you know, we were sort of deeply involved in the community and the football team and the school. And and they, you know, yeah, they it, it they weren't excited by it um that's hard isn't it it really was so it felt you know there was a real you know we were sort of deeply you know inquiring are we doing the right thing are is the motivation right you know I think we knew deep in our heart that this was it was for our family but you know and it was going to be a good thing but we we were we were very happy in our lives as well so Mm. but anyhow you know life is a series of adventures and um so we, yeah, we, 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 we marched forth and knowing that we were taking on, you know, a, a very beautiful, but, you know, an, an estate yeah. um, that um, had a lot of sort of upkeep and maintenance that was going, going to be needed. The house itself was um, uh, Georgian, very beautiful, of a nice size that was sort of actually, you know, nice for it to be a family home. I mean, we pretty much use it all. Um, That's important, isn't it? To feel yeah. like the house is full of life. You haven't got, like, bits of it you just don't really see or rooms no, you don't go into. absolutely. I mean, we sort of just spread out in it pretty quickly. Um, but there was going to be, a you know, a lot of, you know, I think 
probably the Hyacinth Gardens called us because we had the energy and the passion as sort of, you know, to be its custodians because that's what we are Um, and to sort of love it and nurture it and... Yes, you know it's it's an ongoing. <laughs> the maintenance is, is 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 never ending. Yeah, that won't end. That does. Yeah. However, you know the sort of you know our philosophy. You 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 can't say oh this is such hard work and I'm so sick of cleaning this house or I was you know my back is broken from gardening or whatever. It's it's such a special magical place that you know the mindset is that it's you know, it's a pleasure to look after it. Yeah. So, and there's a, you know, for us to enjoy it, you've got to put the work into looking after it as well, so. And I guess where you're at now must feel a very sharp contrast to that bit when you were starting at the company. And I know when before we started recording, you were talking about the bit where you literally were just pretty much hand-to-mouth in terms of starting the business. So, you know, that's that's 10 years on now. So can you sort of remember that feeling of the beginning bit of the those days yeah. when you're building it before yes. it's successful? Yeah, I mean, I think it really it it really sort of stays with you. Um, you know, we we had um, quite bravely, as I said, sort of you know thrown in our good jobs to start House of Hackney. Um, I think um, I I probably was a little bit naive. I think coming from Topshop and seeing that if you know if you launch a campaign in the press. Um, you know, to fanfare, uh, the customer will find you and, you know, you start selling. And, you know, that's fine if it's an established brand. But we were, you know, we were, we came from nowhere um, and we had to sort of find those customers. So we, I think, you know, we expected to, you know, to be able to start getting an income from it you know, even a small one, quicker than actually what, you know, we had to build the House of Hackney, basically. Um, So that first year was was extremely, you know, extremely scary. Um, I mean, I used to, literally, I was like, just, yeah, white from what have we done um you know and going from 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 having a salary to living in you know in in poverty we were literally had about five pounds a day which was just for food I remember you know I I remember like and and that that's a very very humbling experience it you know for the first time in my life it was like well this is actually what being on the breadline feels like and um you know sort of the you know what you're sort of you know what that almost food shop comes down to like the niceties <laughs> go out the window you know it's it's the good basics and actually you can also see why crap food you know is so much cheaper than than good food you know so um than healthy food and you know your sort of options of being able to buy, you know, I don't know, or, organic versus, you know, all of that is gone. Yeah. So um, it, 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 you know, but I think what it, we didn't have, you know, we, we launched the, the, the brand on sort of, you know, our own savings and a little bit of investment from friends and families, but like friends and family, but very little. So we had to be sort of very creative in, in how we were building the brand from the start. Mm. Um, and you know there was no money to waste either as a business or personally 
And I think that discipline to this day um, has sort of very much stuck with us. Um, and, you know, in terms of personally, you know, food wastage and, you know, I'm sort of very grateful to be able to, when I'm in the supermarket and to be able to sort of, you know, make healthy choices and, and you know, buy organic food or, you know, that's, it's a, it's, you know, it, that's a privilege. Yeah, and I guess for that beginning bit, nothing sharpens your senses, like going all in with everything like that, yeah. you know, you really... Absolutely, and it was all or nothing, and we had, we had no choice but to make it work. So we had to pedal really hard to actually, to, you know, to give it life, to sustain it, to sort of fan the flames of it. And, yeah. you know, so that... Um, but I think I always thought, you know... I mean, since then, people who have built brands have, have, have told me it takes five years. And that's, I think, you know, businesses, brands have their own sort of life cycles as well. Yeah. Um, I think if anyone had told me at the start that it would take five years, I would not have done it. Uh, you know, I thought perhaps it's, it's a year. It really is. I mean, year on year, it gets easier. But it's still, you know, every day brought sort of highs and lows. Yeah. And yeah. actually seeing... I remember Liberty being the first store to stock us. And um, that's a nice place to be. Stopped. Which was a very nice home <laughs> from home. And uh, Ed Burstall, who was the MD at the time, he was like, you know, House of Hackney's like Liberty's little sister. And so he, you know, he he took he took us in um, and they started selling the brand really well because, you know, yeah. they had the customer was there. She was, you know, she was already coming there. And yeah. it was just signs of encouragement yeah um that sort of kept us going um uh, you know and you just you'd sort of hang on to that and yeah. you know so it was it was super humbling I think it was very humbling on myself and Javi's you know relationship as well I was well. gonna say yeah I work with my husband as well I think you know when you're doing all of that together it's great because the journey is completely together mm. and you've you, the, the highs you celebrate together but when things are stressful and yeah. Intense, then it's very hard to have any sort of division between, you know, let's put that to one side and have our evening now. It yeah. doesn't really doesn't really work too well. Totally. <laughs> well I think we had to sort of put the boundaries in. I mean I think we we, we both, you know, we knew, you know, we're both on the same page. We're both ultimately very, you know, we're humble people. Yes, we love beauty and you know, but our our core is actually very simple and humble. So it wasn't like one of us was, you know, needing, I don't know, any kind of extravagance or, you know, we were yeah. both, and we were both very much, you know, family first. So all the values, um, which is the foundation of everything, were, were very shared. Um, it was the first time that we would, we worked together. Um, so there was a little bit of a, you know, get into bed and I'd be like, oh, I just need to sleep. And, you know, Javi from having a busy day or being on the road of that would be like, I'm just going to check all my emails and he'd start. Yeah. I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> and he'd start, like, asking me about things. And yeah. I was like, no. So early on, it's like, no. You know, during the working day, fine. Fine. Um, after after hours when the kids are home, you know. Yeah. So, so we, we, we figured just that out Just for your sanity, quickly. really. Yeah. But I think, you know, during the kind of really tough days, thankfully, you know, we you just, you, you know, the other person would pull the other person out of, out of the kind of the, the gloominess. Yeah, you know? that's true. And You've got the both of you to sort of have yeah. to keep your eye on the prize of like 
the, the road ahead yeah. sort of thing. We were never kind of amazingly down at the same time or yeah. worried. So, um, so I think, you know, I feel really, you know, people always ask about what it's like to, to work with your partner. Um, but it's actually really worked with us because yeah. we can, we can, you know, we can, we can obviously juggle our kids and our kids are very involved in sort of, even you know House of Hackney and our team. It's it's all a family. It's all family. When you say the kids us. are involved, what do you mean? Do they sort of? Well, I mean from the start. You know, I mean, I, I remember having Lila a year into the. You know, the brand was a year old, and there was you know no maternity leave because it was like if I stop the whole thing, it was like a house of cards. So you know, she was just immediately strapped onto me and taken to, you know, every meeting. Uh, she was just, it was just, yeah, lot, like lots of pictures of her, like just, you know, from from those early age. Yeah, she just, you know, she, she came everywhere and could feed her everywhere. And it was like, this is just, this is this is how we roll. Yeah, that's um, how it is. Yeah, so it's always, um, they've always been very much sort of, yeah, at the table, you know, and certain trips we we go on you know it they we 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 time it around their holidays and you know there's yeah it's it where we are able to we've been able to find a happy balance between it yeah yeah we figured it out um and i think you know i look at sort of you, people who sort of found businesses by themselves and it can be really lonely especially in those early stages and I think no one else really understands how hard it is yeah yeah yes you know it's always nice if it's if you have a second income where I don't know if it's a female founded business and you know they can you know you've got the husband's income of that that's obviously a much safer position from the start you know we had yeah there's <laughs> we no safety net However, um, you know, we're, we're both very much in tune with, with kind of, you know, yeah, the other person. And yeah. there's days when one person's diary is busier than the other. And so it, it's, it's the dance of life that we're kind of doing together. And I feel nice. lucky to have someone, you know, so supportive, you know, by my side. Absolutely. Can I ask you about something you said a while back about new motherhood? And you said you felt like your consciousness rose, and I just wondered if you could talk to me a little bit more about what you mean by that. Yes, um, I mean I think when you have, you know, when when you have a child, certainly my experience was um, quite a big change. I mean, in in terms of outlook, and um, probably you know also you know thinking about thinking about the world, thinking about sort of the, the future of the world. Um, sort of the you know our our footprints, the legacy that we're leaving as as humans, um, wanting our children to have you know lovely lovely futures, um, you know it, you know lives that sort of are full of sort of you know love and humanity and all these things. Um, so I think for me it was yeah there was definitely a rise in consciousness about um, yeah you know kind of my consumer habits um, which were never kind of you know big spending ones but still I was you know working for the high street so um, that I, yeah I think there was there's sort of an there's 
there's definitely was quite a lot of sort of inner self-reflection. Yeah, yeah. Um, and about, yeah, I suppose you spoke about uh, legacy, really. It's yeah, about absolutely. Legacy of how you live your life and what, what, you're, what you're passing on, the baton that you're passing yeah. on. Yeah, and I think also, um, you know, looking at when, when we set up House of Hackney, it, it was also an opportunity to look at what does good, good business look like for us? Yeah. Um, on, on different levels from, from culture, from a happy team yeah. that, you know, very much sort of, you know, we have, you know, it, it, we have some amazing working mothers, uh, you know, but it's also, you know, being supportive of, of, you know, supporting our team with what, what their lives are outside of work. Yeah. 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 No, that's, well, I think that's actually quite a, an important and um, actually quite a modern way of thinking about business, isn't it? Yes. Better at that kind of thing. And it doesn't, yeah. we're not talking about people necessarily, you know, raising families, just work, you know, people who just want to have time to have, do their own thing and prioritise that other half of your life, not be a Absolutely. slave to the wage kind of a thing. Absolutely. I, I think, you know, we, we rolled out um, a four-day week with our team two years ago, which was quite a pioneering thing to do. And it, it, it was, you know, our team, we have this incredible team who are, like, super productive, mm. um, you know, and it was actually about about wanting to give them time back. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I'm very much of a belief also that, you know, a well-rested team is, is more productive as well. Um, you know, there's certainly, personally, there's only sort of probably six hours in the day where I'm sort of firing all cylinders and the rest, you know... You know, so it isn't like that. So, I think we we've had an opportunity to sort of assess what what's the type of business brand, you know, company that we want to be part of. Yeah. Um, and thinking a little bit about thinking outside the box about how we do it. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a sort of a there's there's a new way of doing things as well. That's what you're, the benefit of starting your own company Definitely. and growing it from the ground up, isn't it? You can really Definitely. make all those decisions. Yeah. Well, I only had a couple more things I wanted to ask you. Well, I've got loads of things I could <laughs> ask you, but I'm aware of how long we've been chatting. So when you're doing your rooms, are you you sort of person where you'll finish a room and then think that's kind of done? Or is it constantly evolving? Do you sort of finish it and then think, right, no, actually I want to change the curtains or, you know, is it... Are you good at kind of sitting back from it? Yeah, I mean, I think it's 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 certainly a process, um, and it's something that I kind of can get like a download on an internal download on sort of what a scheme for a room. Um, but I think you know that's sort of the you know the the color scheme, the the sort of the five walls of the room. That's the foundational stuff, but. You know what really makes a house a home is the personal stuff mm. and the you know the the souvenirs, the mementos, the 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 stuff that sort of trigger you know memories and you know so it, it's that there's a sort of an an eternal layering process. The art, I mean, just you know, love art in a room, and I think that's you know, yeah, sort of collecting that which again is a journey in itself is is a real passion yeah um and you know bringing you know i'm i'm sort of excited by the return of people using their their hands and creativity so the you know the the revival of sort of you know pottery and painting and we, we are really sort of post the sort of 
you know, the emphasis on the digital. We are, we're seeing a real sort of human need to use our hands in, in gardening and arts and everything. So, you know, so I'm I, I'm interested in, in yeah, sort of bringing, bringing all that into a room, whether it's mm. a child's little scribble, um, you know, a little picture done by a child uh, on a wall no. <laughs> or on a, on, on a piece of paper yeah. um, and, you know, yeah. photos, um, little things that have been picked up on, on a holiday. I love that idea of the layering. I mean, I think that's something think, that appeals yeah. to me. <laughs> I can tell you do that very well. Um, or, you know, a little, a little bedside flower. It's, it, it's all of those things that are just, yeah, sort of bring bring beauty and, and life and sort and of... stories as well, aren't stories, they? stories, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. It's like you look around, you have all those little things triggered. Um, and the other thing I was thinking about is, is it true that your daughter's doll's house, Sylvanian family house, even the Sylvanian family furniture <laughs> is upholstered in the house of Hackney? Yes. It's actually amazing. Oh. <laughs> I would yeah. love to see that. So, like teeny tiny little Sylvanian family furniture, but it's all in your prints. Yes, that's yeah, fantastic. Yeah. No, it was it was it was fun <laughs> to arrange. I think you know the whole. I mean, you know, the the kids are growing up quickly. Yeah, um, and so and well, if when she doesn't want it, I'll have it. I mean, I love that. Stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's quite easy to do actually. Um, yeah. But okay. Yeah. Give you some samples. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a little go. Little yeah. tiny little sofas. No, definitely. Um, um, well, before you go, last question. And I keep thinking in my head about the play dates and you rearranging furniture for your friends. And I'm just <laughs> wondering if you're too old for play dates because I've definitely got some rooms upstairs that need some help. But if you're, if you're ever, ever in the mood for a play date, come here. <laughs> I'd love to have a play date with you. <laughs> and rearrange your furniture. Oh, my word. It's yeah. looking pretty good. <laughs> what are you doing this weekend? No, <laughs> Thanks so much, Rita. Oh. <laughs> Aha, so there you have it. Lovely Frida Gormley, who I'm picturing in my head now in her castle in Cornwall and all the extraordinarily beautiful botanical prints surrounding her. And somewhere in the corner, a tiny little Sylvanian family house, also resplendent in tiny, tiny house of Hackney upholstery. How the Sylvanian family lives. But how gorgeous is that? It's so, so cute. And actually the prints are beautiful. So if you don't already know the house of Hackney stuff, then go and feast your eyes. It's gorgeous, I tell you, gorgeous. And so are you. So thank you so much for joining me. I think I'm about to be invaded by small people. Yeah, one's coming now. Hi, Mickey. Um, I didn't have my supper. You did have supper, Mickey. I, I need more. You need more food? I want more. Okay, let's give you some more food. I'll sort that out. Um, I think that's my cue to love you and leave you. But thank you so much for coming to find me. Uh, don't forget to put in comments of people you want me to speak to, but... I don't want to reveal too much, but I can tell you that the people that were suggested in the comments on my Instagram, most of them are coming up. It was really nice. I could see names and I'm like, oh yes, I'm talking to that person. I'm talking to that person. So well done. We're obviously on the same page, you and I. That's cool, isn't it? Anyway, I will um, see you next week. Episode 71. All systems go. We're off. The new series is launched and I'm very happy you're here with me. Lots of love and see you soon. Have a great week me again. I knit back on because I realised when I was telling you what I've been up to, I forgot something fairly significant, probably. I brought out a new single. 
That's the way my mind works. I'm sorry, I get very distracted. I've done a single called Hypnotized. And the reason I want to tell you about it is because it's been really fun to do. There's a dance routine that goes along with it. And the music video was directed by my favourite, Sophie Muller, who also did things like Murder on the Dance Floor. And I think when you look at the video, you can kind of tell that it's the same person. There's like little clever little references that she's sort of put in there. I mean, I've done loads of stuff with Sophie since Murder. I think we worked out, we've done 16 or 17 or maybe 18 videos together. But I think this one in particular kind of referenced our early days. So, you know, if you fancy having a look, you want to see me being a bit strict and some latex and teaching some people a routine, go feast your eyes. If you don't, don't worry about it. See you next week. Bye-bye. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.